I'm Noah. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Product Journey. Hey, Tim, how's it going? Good, how are you doing? Doing good. Glad to have you uh, as a guest on the pod. Uh, So just a little bit about Tim is you are um, building two different businesses kind of on the side, a, a URL shortener and then a weather extension. So I'm, I'm curious to hear more about these businesses and it will just be fun to kind of hear about your journey, um, kind of bootstrapping, indie hacking. Um, so thanks for being on. Yeah, excited to be here and uh, thanks for having me come on. And yeah, the two main products I'm working on are weather extension that uh, has around 200,000 users and it's across wow. all the major browsers and then uh, more recently, past two years or so, been working on a URL shortener. This t.ly is the domain, and then on top of that, there's a browser extension that goes along with it to make it where you can just do like one-click uh, short URLs. And that actually just passed um, 400,000 users, so I'm pretty excited about that. Wow, that that is a lot of users. That's for sure. Um, I'm. I'm, we're definitely going to have to go into like how you have gotten all those users and uh, grown these. But first, like, you know, how did you first get into like, you know, solo building these kind of businesses, um, and and how long ago was that? Yeah, that, it, it goes back to uh, starting off just building websites for uh, people around town, businesses, restaurants, uh, and that kind of got me into doing my own thing. But uh, on top of working in you know, a, a developer job. Um, so did that kind of on the side and then eventually realized, uh, you know, building apps or building extensions, websites uh, made a lot more sense that I could build once and then, you know, scale to, you know, thousands of users. Yeah, build once, sell twice or sell thousands of times. Um, and I, I missed it. How, how long ago was that that you kind of started on these products? That was probably 2012 around there. So that's when I started okay. building kind of websites in my free time. Okay. So you've been kind of doing this kind of entrepreneurial stuff on the side for a while. And and has it always been a side thing? Yeah, it's always been a side thing. I've had a full-time job uh, ever since. Still do currently, even with uh, some of these other projects that are, uh, you know, doing pretty well, but still not uh, quite there yet, so. Yeah, so I guess the the question that comes to mind with that is like how, how do you manage and, and balance between the day job and having two side businesses that have, you know, a lot of customers? So anything that I build, I try to think of, you know, what can I build and it be very limited support and you know, low, low maintenance. So, uh, so far, you know, weather extension, um, you know, once I put out updates, I work on it, you know, nights and weekends, that type of thing. And, you know, it, it kind of just runs itself. I don't get a whole lot of support requests or issues. Um, and then the URL shortener is kind of self-explanatory. A lot of people kind of understand how it works, um, the use cases. So, uh, you know, I've also try to keep everything really simple so that, um, there's not like a lot of uh, questions that pop up and people kind of just, you know, figure it out as they're going. Yeah, I think that's a, a good way to do it for 
an indie hacker, you know, for someone building solo where it's like, try to build the simplest thing that, you know, is valuable, but it's not going to take a ton of support. And I don't know, I find it hard to find those opportunities. Like for me, and maybe it's a personality thing or I don't know, it just seems like businesses and products like always just kind of blow up out of scope and become bigger because people want you to do more things. Um, so you just keep kind of building and then it becomes this huge thing that you're trying to maintain. So how did you how did you stop yourself um, from kind of exploding that scope and, and keep it to be something that you can kind of keep a, a hold of and maintain? Yeah, I've, I've, I've actually made that mistake. I've, uh, one that comes to mind is I built a uh, kind of like a website CMS builder for uh, like restaurant menus. So a restaurant could come in and manage their menu and built it all and then let it sit out there and uh, went to, you know, be like, how do I get people to use this? And I realized the only way would be to contact restaurants and do sales type of thing. So like more <laughs> yep. so direct sales. So once I attempted, I think I called one or two restaurants and didn't really get anywhere and realize I, I, you know, I just didn't have the time for that kind of app to be successful unless I were to go like, you know, quit my job and go full time on it. So I kind of just dropped that and, you know, focus on the extensions are a great way because uh, they kind of market themselves. There's a store, uh, kind of like an app store. So uh, people can discover them and, you know, installing them is pretty straightforward. And as long as you uh, keep it really simple, people don't really have too many support requests. I mean, I, pretty much what I would mm -hmm. do is I would, you know, get emails, people asking for features and then just slowly over time, just work through that, that list of uh, new features that made sense. And sometimes there were features that, you know, I knew would either cause problems or cause confusion. And I just would have to make that decision not to implement those features. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. They're, they're kind of like product categories that are pretty like, I don't know, there, there's, there's a, you know, there's other products similar like them, but it's like a pretty standard thing where it's just, it does kind of one thing and that's what it's, what people are expecting it to do, um, which probably helps. It's funny that you did the, the menu stuff. Cause I, I did, I built a similar product back in the past called coffee pass where it was a mobile ordering app for coffee shops. Um, but we kind of had that whole thing where it's like, coffee shops could like build their menu in our app uh, with coffee pass. And yeah, that was kind of a, a headache. I remember <laughs> uh, just like, you know, all the different options that people could have. Um, and then, you know, we did try to do the go out and sell to coffee shops. And that was just, that was a drag <laughs> doing all that selling, yeah. like going and meeting in person. Um, that was definitely not worth the the effort. Um, <laughs> you totally understand that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm on board with you. Like I'm, you know, trying to find things where, like, ideally, it takes as little sales as possible because that's not what I like doing. Like, I want to find ideas where it's like someone can just find a website, not talk to you at all, and start paying for your service. Like, that's yeah, that's the thing to go for. Um, Obviously, I think it's, yeah, it can be hard to find those opportunities, um, but maybe kind of like what you've done, like different extensions and adding on to platforms could be a good way to find those opportunities because those people kind of, 
they most likely already know how the main like platform works and your you know extension is kind of an add-on to that that hopefully isn't too too much um too difficult for them to kind of figure out and and do um so i guess yeah how is how is how has been building on top of uh, like the Chrome store, building extensions? How's that been? Like, is there any downsides that you found uh, with that? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, there's, for the most part, it's pretty smooth. Um, Chrome you know, or Google, I guess, hasn't done a whole lot of changes. If you look at the Chrome store, it hasn't changed a lot in maybe 10 years. And mm. um, obviously, there's been kind of a history of, uh, extensions and often being like taken over and then they inject malware and things like that. So Chrome recently has really, you know, started to step up the review process, which is really good, but that, that does cause a little bit of a headache to where, you know, you used to be able to push out an update and it would be live in a you know, few minutes or something, but now it you know, might take a day, um, to get mm. those reviews done. But so every time um, you update your code, it's got to be reviewed by some team. Yeah, some team or it's automated. I'm not sure the details, but they there's a lot. So the the key things are to only use the permissions that when when you create an extension, you you uh, supply a set permissions. So um, back in the day, people would say access to all websites and um, you know every permission, and it would you know, wasn't really an issue, but then those led to the ones where, you know, people were doing malicious things with that. So with mm-hmm. the, the new way, and there's actually a new like manifest version coming that is um, changing things up a lot, uh, which really is an opportunity if, if somebody was get, wanting to get into building extensions. So come t- uh, 2023, if you have not converted your extension to this new manifest version, uh, as far as I know, Chrome is going to disable your extension so Mm. if somebody said hey this extension looks abandoned which a lot of them are really old haven't been updated in two three years and they have you know five hundred thousand users you could go build a similar version make sure it's the new manifest version and then uh you know and that's somewhat actually what i did with the url shortener so uh, hopefully i'm not skipping too far ahead but back in 2019 i believe Chrome or Google announced they were shutting down the the Google URL shortener that everyone's probably seen. Uh, you know, it was their free URL shortener that tons of people used. And when they shut that down, uh, when they announced that, uh, there was an extension out there that had, you know, a million plus users and it only used the Google URL shortener. So just being in the extension space, uh, I had kind of written a... Uh, script i guess that found extensions that had a lot of users and then did not have um uh you know hadn't been maintained in a while and then that's where i came up with the idea for the the url shortener and then when google announced it i knew that there would be an opportunity there for you know to build a new version that used like tiny url bitly and then eventually my own service which is the t.ly yeah no, that's pretty smart. Uh, you were scouring the the internet to see um, opportunities. So did you did you like did your script like then reach out to all those people that like you knew that they were gonna need a new a new uh, URL shortener? 
So in this case, I, I think I emailed the person and never heard anything back. So then, you know, I was just like, well, let me just build, you know, a simple extension real quick, put it out there. And it didn't have a lot of traction for a while. That was like 2019, I believe. And, you know, once, once Google kind of shut down, uh, their service and then that extension was later on just disabled. Um, you know, people started installing mine. That's where I've seen a lot of growth over the last two years. That's pretty, pretty cool. And, and I'm guessing like, how are people finding your tool just by like searching on Google, the, the Chrome store, how, how do most people find you? So I, since I've been doing extensions for, you know, since really 2015, uh, whenever somebody installs one, I usually, you know, try to promote some of my other extensions. And so people find it that way. And then, um, obviously just writing about it on my blog, uh, which is timleland.com. And then, uh, when you do Google search for like URL shortener, it's in the top few results, uh, for the extension. And then if you go to the Chrome web store and search, it's also there in the top. Okay. That's cool. That's yeah. Those sound like some good positions to be in, um, to help people find you. So can you give us a, a little bit of an idea of like, uh, how your businesses are doing like revenue wise and, and number of customers? Yeah. So, uh, you know, recently the extension hit 400,000 users. Those are just free users, but it, it does help with, um, you know, people once they, uh, you know, convert to pay. But, uh, so right now I have a little over 600 paying users and, um, you know, then that's over, you know, $4,500 a month right now. So, okay, um, cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So what's, what does that, you know, going from free to paid look like and, and what are the, what's the costs there for, for users that want to become a paid subscriber? Yeah. So the in initial idea, my plan was to build a really affordable option, which I think, you know, a lot of indie hackers go the route of not charging enough, but so I'm still not sure if I've, I've made the right choice there, but my plans start out at uh, $5 a month and that includes things like, you know, adding your own domain and shortening, you know, uh, several hundred links up per month. And then the plans kind of grow all the way up to like a, a $400 a month plan. Okay. Uh, and then like, what's, so people have the free version, how many links can they shorten like a month? I'm guessing, is that the cutoff? So the, you can just go to t.ly and create, you know, a short URL. Uh, there are some limitations just to prevent like malicious users, like automating things. So, um, you know, you're limited somewhat, but, uh, and then also from the extension, you can just use it and create short links. So, uh, you know, you, that's the way you can use it for free, but if you want to get in there and, you know, add your own domain, uh, you know, set, uh, we have something called smart URLs, which are like URLs that redirect based on browser or, uh, country or, you know, some other things like that to where if you wanted to send somebody to, you know, the app store or to your website, you could do, you know, some, some different things there. Uh, that's mm -hmm. where, you know, to have a paid plan, you have to have, have a paid plan to do those things. Okay. That makes sense. That's, that's cool. Um, I wonder like, you know, have you had, like, how do you, uh, handle the infrastructure to be able to handle like 400,000 users? 
without that becoming, you know, like I can imagine the cost of handling that could be expensive to where that could cut out possibly your your profits. Have you struggled with that at all? Like how have you managed to get that low enough to where it's worth it, I guess? Yeah, so the, luckily, you know, an extension really is just code like JavaScript, HTML, CSS running in the browser. So uh, that's not really adding any additional load to any of my uh, servers. But when you do shorten a link, you know, that's an API call. And then obviously a redirect is um, hitting, you know, my server. And to really, you know, do what you're talking about to where, you know, I'm not losing money, uh, which is definitely possible with something like this because of just the scale and the number of, you know, traffic that a URL shortener can get is, uh, you know, caching. So lots of caching and making sure handling that well and um, lots of background jobs for different tasks. And then, uh, you know, obviously I, I have, I have, I have had to scale servers and databases as, as it's grown, but so far it's been manageable. Yeah, that's, that's good to hear. Um, yeah. Cause I'm sure like for me, that would, that would definitely be the challenge with this is like figuring out how to manage all that. Um, I've had to do that a bit with potion. Um, and that's kind of why I haven't decided to go to a free plan with it yet. It's just like, just making sure that my cost wouldn't uh, blow up if I had tons of free users and then just kind of the support that I would have to do for that, that like, would it actually be worth it? And it might be eventually for me. It's just, you know, making sure I'm ready for it and that the product's ready for it. Um, so that's been some things that I've been kind of thinking through with that. Um, do you, do you see that feel like the, the free plan, um, has like some really good ways to like nudge people towards becoming paid users and that that's, you know, it's, it's kind of like marketing for you, I guess. Yeah. So every time somebody, you know, shares a t.ly URL, it's, it's kind of like, you know, not necessarily a backlink, but it's, it's definitely bringing awareness. So that's a, a positive. And then, um, you know, the more people that hear about it, the, the, uh, you know, more awareness it brings and mm -hmm. sorry, I've lost my train of thought. No, good. <clears throat> yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's, it's definitely a way for people to find out about, uh, your business and try it out for themselves. And it's, it's low friction cause it's free. And, and so then you kind of pull them in and hopefully eventually they're like, Oh yeah, this is great. I need these extra features as well. Um, yeah. So okay, you, that, the other thing I was going to add, sorry, is so if somebody, you know, is a more of a power user and does want to shorten, you know, hundreds of links, that's somebody that's going to go sign up. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, the one off, I need a short link for this, you know, those are just where, you know, free users are great. And then somebody who's, you know, need to shorten hundreds or thousands of links and then also, you know, see some, uh, analyt more detailed analytics on that. And then also, do some of the other stuff like the smart URLs and the uh, like ability to expire links after a certain number of clicks and then also password protect links. Yeah, that's, that's good. How, how have you, you mentioned a little bit, like how have you um, battled or um, had to deal with like scammers that are trying to like use your service for, you know, bad purposes. Um, has that been any struggle at all to kind of deal with those issues? 
Yeah, so that was something I kind of knew would be a thing, but I, I wasn't fully aware. So initially I put the service out there and, you know, wasn't really thinking too much of it. And then a couple days later, my hosting company uh, decided to turn off my servers. So <laughs> what, what happened was somebody was using it for malicious URLs. So uh, that then prompted me to spend really the next six months or so just um, figuring out, you know, how to handle malicious URLs and um, what's, you know, the best process. And now, fortunately, uh, knock on wood, that a lot of that's automated and uh, has been going pretty well. So, you know, there's, there's, a, there's some tools out there that will have like databases that have, um, known malicious URLs and I take advantage of a lot of those. So, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a headache. <laughs> um, I, I've dealt with some similar things and it's so frustrating because it's like you're, you're having to like figure out, uh, you know, figure out, um, processes and, and write code that's basically just for fighting against these people that are trying to like basically destroy your business. And, but it doesn't necessarily feel like it's like gaining you anything. Like it's, it's not necessarily like adding value to your current customers and it doesn't feel like you're growing your business with it. It's just, it feels like you're just like running your wheels, doing things, uh, just cause you have to. And it's so frustrating. Um, I've, definitely, I've had definitely. some users that, um, they were trying to use Potion as basically just like, you know, phishing websites. Um, and they would just create tons of websites and send them to, you know, in people, uh, to people with tons of emails and I'd get tons of, uh, visits on these sites and it was just like, <clears throat> yeah, it was just rough. Um, trying to figure out how to like stop these kind of hackers from doing this stuff. Um, cause then I, you know, I'd have then people like, reach out to me and like, Hey, I think someone's using your, your service to do this bad stuff. <laughs> and you're just like, Oh man. Um, so yeah, not fun. Um, yeah, it, it, I would say, you know, a lot of developers build URL shorteners for just, you know, for hobby projects. And, uh, a lot of them get shut down really quickly because of malicious users. And, um, that I would say I've spent more time on building the service, building the, uh, malicious detection system i've spent more time building that than the actual url shortener service so, <laughs> wow that's crazy yeah yeah that is that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty wild so um you also have this weather extension business is that you know is that not as much your focus or is that just still kind of going on the side is that something that you um still kind of continue to make revenue from as well how yeah how does that business work yeah, that one, it's definitely still, you know, a, a focus of mine, but it's a secondary and, um, you know, it's kind of, I wouldn't say feature complete, but I, I don't really get too many feature requests and it's pretty stable code wise and, um, you know, people still enjoy it. A weather extension or app, uh, are a challenge because everybody expects, you know, the weather to be free. Um, and that's why mm -hmm. if you go to like weather.com it's like full of ads and stuff so uh, the weather extension came from the idea of wanting to see the weather so the way it works is there's a icon in your toolbar that automatically updates with your current location temperature so every uh, you know 15 minutes um, it will update and show you know if it's 70 degrees or whatever 
and then um, you can yep. click on it and see hourly, daily, and those type of things. Uh, and I so the way I, ha I have made money off of it is by having like a pro upgrade, which is like a one-time fee of $9.99. And, you know, that does pretty well. It's definitely not, uh, you know, it's, it's helping to cover the cost of, of running the service because, uh, you know, when it's constantly doing those background weather checks, that those servers actually get, uh, you know, more requests than, you know, some of my other stuff just because of it's a constant, you know, every 15 minutes pinging the servers and then mm -hmm. calling out to check the weather. So, yeah. So you've had people that have, have done the upgrade um, and that kind of supports the rest of the business. Yeah. I don't really have those numbers uh, in front of me, but you know, every, you know, so often people will upgrade and yeah, it helps to cover, you know, the cost of it. And, um, you know, obviously I'd like to, to grow it bigger. Um, and it was doing well. And unfortunately, I don't know if, if, uh, I was competing against some other weather extension, but I think it was maybe 2018, uh, that ex extension was like spammed by, uh, malicious reviews to where it went from being like five stars. Everybody loved it to like two star review, which was really unfortunate. Mm. And, you know, Google being so big and everything, it was hard to get anybody to hear that. And so the last, you know, three years, really, it's been, I've been trying to get people to leave reviews. So really, I mm -hmm. almost give it, give it away the pro for free. If somebody's willing to leave a review just to, you know, try to build those reviews back so that, um, you know, it could keep growing because it was almost 300,000 users. And then once the spam attack happened and all that mm -hmm. um it you know people started thinking you know weren't installing it as much and then you're constantly with an extension having people uninstalling uh so if you're not you know obviously getting more installs than people uninstalling your user base goes down so that's where it's actually gone back down to like two hundred thousand. Mm, okay yeah that makes sense yeah it sounds you know yeah, like maybe there there's some of like the possible downside of like obviously building on top of another platform like Google, like there's tons of benefits of like people finding you and kind of using um, the tools and stuff they've built. Um, but then maybe they're like, like this, like there could be some downsides where it's like, you know, their review system, like you're dependent on some of their things that like if that kind of goes awry and, and like you don't necessarily have complete control of it, um, you're kind of leaning on Google a little bit um that that could be like a downside of of building on a platform um i have some similar well some similar things i have to i guess they're more like worries i guess than anything but they they can definitely make my business harder with it being built on top of notion where you know just like the the possibility of them building some features that potion adds that you know that could take away some of the value of what i'm doing um, or just kind of the downside of, um, them updating things. And, you know, I have to kind of keep, keep up to date with their changes so that everything works well. Um, so those are some of the, the little downsides of, uh, building on top of a, a, a platform. Um, so you kind of, it's kind of pros and cons, I guess, with the, these kind of businesses. Yeah. I think, I think every, you know, you read a lot of people will post stuff on like indie hackers around, 
that same thing. Like if you build on top of another platform, are you, you know, what if they shut you down? I've heard a lot of people who built on top of like Shopify and have issues there. So it's definitely a risk, but to build a, you know, business or a website that's completely independent is tough because you're, you're really going to always be dependent on something. So like, you know, mm-hmm. your hosting company could decide to shut you down and then, you know, there's, there's a lot that could go wrong, but that's where, um, like the extensions are great, especially like link, the link shortener extension, because it, it just works with t.ly, but t.ly isn't required that the extension be there. Um, if I ever, you know, had to pivot to, you know, turn the extension into just like, like a bookmark, you know, click, uh, it, that could be done. And then, you know, if, if the extension went away. So that, that is the one nice thing. Now, the weather extension is, is fully reliant on, you know, the browser's web stores mm-hmm. to be in there. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. What would you say, you know, throughout your whole kind of journey, kind of all the stuff we're talking about, what has been kind of the main kind of learning points for you? Um, kind of like challenges you, you kind of, went through and you've, you've learned a lot from throughout this journey. Yeah, I think just, you know, being really time efficient. So, you know, I, I try to build things well, uh, you know, to scale and, um, you know, think about my code, write a lot of tests, but often when you're just building it yourself, you, you know, you you may not be able to spend as as much time, um, if you want to get something out. And so Mm -hmm. I tend to focus on, doing releases more than, you know, having the perfect code. So that's kind of one tip, uh, you know, depending on your time and what you're building, if you, you know, always be trying to release new features and, you know, if you only have an hour a night, don't waste it, you know, watching a YouTube video or something, uh, work on, work on the project. Um, and then I guess some of the downsides would be just staying motivated for, you know, this many years I've, had things be semi successful and, um, you know, but you know, you look at people that have like more of a, it feels like they have an overnight success. That's, you know, always difficult. And you're like, well, I've been working on this for, you know, 10 years and, uh, haven't had anything blow up that big yet. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's just being determined to, you know, keep working on something and I, you know, I enjoy it. Anything I've built over the last 10 years has been because it's just something that I kind of wanted you know, going back to the, the weather extension, that's something that I just wanted for myself. And I learned a lot building it and, you know, learned a ton about scaling and servers and, um, you know, marketing and all that stuff. So, and then all that helps, you know, even if in my case, you know, still working full time, I'm able to translate what I learned back to my uh, day job. And also I can mm-hmm. take what I learned in my day job and helps me build my, you know, uh, side projects. So, yeah, no, that's good. Do you, do you hope to quit your day job eventually and just work on your own stuff at some point? Uh, possibly, you know, I have a family and three kids, so it's, uh, definitely a little bit riskier to do that, but you know, maybe one day, uh, depending on how things go. So yeah, that's great. I mean, I think the one thing about your, your time about like, you know, projects like blowing up, um, I think it's, it's kind of a, a trade off again there. I feel like where I feel like those businesses that can do that, where they kind of blow up overnight, like typically are 
a lot more intensive. Like it's, it is going to take all your effort and all your time to do that. And, and maybe even more than you'd like where, you know, a lot of indie hackers we're you know, we're building because we want to build a business that kind of gives our time back and allows us to build something that kind of scales, um, passively. And in some ways I feel like those kind of businesses, uh, for them to be like that are just probably going to be slower. And it seems like you've built some cool businesses where they're kind of in those spaces where, yeah, maybe it takes time for them to build up. But once you've built them up, they kind of just like run on their own, maybe a little bit in some ways, like they just don't take as much resources to run. So hopefully you'll have, you know, after, you know, you've grown some more and stuff like that, you'll have some businesses that you know, make some good money, um, but they don't take a ton of time to run, which that would be a pretty cool, a pretty cool spot to be in. Yeah, definitely. Anybody who is considering, you know, building something, I think, you know, that first night, if, if I think back, you know, I woke up and looked at my phone and somebody had, you know, upgraded to my weather extension. So while I was sleeping, you know, you know 10, $20 or whatever, it, it's a, it's a neat feeling knowing that you could, you know, put something out there in that case, you know, wasn't doing any work at that time and still being paid. So definitely, um, I always think of like, what can I do and anything that's passive that just kind of sits out there and makes money is always, uh, really neat. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Well, Tim, thanks, uh, so much for sharing your story with us. Um, I'll put, um, some, some links to your services and to where people can find you online in the show notes so people can kind of check out what you've been working on. And uh, yeah, thanks for a lot for coming on. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It was it was neat to talk to you. And uh, you know, if anybody has any questions, you know, extension related or any of these projects, definitely reach out and I'll be happy to help. All right, thanks. Well, uh, we'll see you guys in another episode. Bye.